Welcome to Voices of the Ancestors, where we explore Georgian polyphonic songs and the women who sing them. Hello and welcome to Voices of the Ancestors with me, Holly Taylor-Zuntz. And me, Susan Thompson. And today I'm speaking to you from the village of Gomarduli in Hayajara. And I'm in Tbilisi. But in February I too was in a village in Hayajara with Nino Nanayishvili and Ialoni. Nino very kindly invited me to join her for the trip, which turned out to have a multifaceted purpose... One element was to film a sequence for the Library of Congress in America their, for their homegrown concert series. Yes, that's a concert I saw last week presented by the American Folklife Centre. And they said the concert would be posted online on the Library of Congress YouTube channel and it's free. So if you want to see the concert, the link will be in the show notes and on our website. But Susan, you said that the filming was only part of the trip? Oh, yes. Nino was also very excited to meet with the elders from any singing families, and she'd been desperately waiting to go up to Ajara for ages to meet with 90-year-old Patty Tapladze, and she'd been waiting for months to, to see her and meet her, but the pandemic had got in the way. And as you know, for ethnomusicologists, meeting with the elders of singing families, they're just golden moments. So, do we have podcast guests today? Well, kind of. Um, do you remember how we, on our live episode, we were chatting with listeners about who their dream guests would be in 2021? And mm. I said something like, oh, my dream guest would be someone steeped in folk song that I, I don't even know exists. Well, you have to be careful what you wish for, because thanks to Nino, I met Ta- Patti Tapladze and her daughter, Ateli Dachidze. And that's the story of this episode. So meeting with Patty and Terry reminded me of the work of an ethnomusicologist, Edisha Garakanidze. His name crops up a lot in other episodes, especially number seven with Joan Mills. Yeah, perhaps now would be a good time to go into a bit more detail about Edisha. Oh, OK. Um, yeah, perhaps the best thing is if I read some of Edisha's academic writing um, about the performance of Georgian folk song. He said, Musical folklore is often used to denote two very different phenomena. On the one hand, an authentic, centuries-old village-based singing tradition, and on the other hand, the relatively recent, about a century ago, development of the performance of special stage versions of traditional compositions in formal concerts. Primary singing folklore denotes traditional music without any changes, without any arrangements of external influences designed to improve its quality. Primary folklore is the true result of people's collective creativity. Primary performance is the performance of the primary folklore according to the performance norms of the traditional village society. The term secondary folklore 
and secondary performance designate conscious or unconscious changes at the primary or authentic norms. Okay, so what he's saying is that people were trying to differentiate between authentic folk singing and performance on stage. Yes, and that was Patty introducing herself. We asked her to say her name and her profession, and she said something like, My profession is to work in the fields, to work with cows, to dance and to play. And then she jokes, I have a lot of professions, so when I have guests, to look after them is also my profession. I felt the next words of Edisha were sitting before us. Folk song is an inseparable part of village life. The whole life of a person in a Georgian community, from crucial moments in life to everyday existence, was accompanied by singing. Oh, wow. And that's the whole concept that I understood behind Ioloni's film, you know, dawn to dusk. And in fact, Ioloni actually means dawn, doesn't it? Yeah, that's right. So in the live episode, we were talking about working with translators. Did Patty and Terry speak English by any chance? I wish. No. <laughs> so, so you're going to hear a bit from, from Anna R. Japaridze, um, who speaks both English and Georgian, and has been filming Ioloni for many months for her own project. Uh, but perhaps it's best if I start at the beginning, when Nino first suggested going to Ajara. Yes. So... Back in January, the idea of going to a village in Hayajara from Tbilisi to meet with elderly singers, oh, it seemed enticing, but full of uncertainty. The trains and coaches to Batumi were not running. The road conditions up to the village were unknown and very weather dependent. There were many practical questions. What size vehicle would we need? How long would it take? Seven hours or nine hours? Did we need a local driver and a four-wheel drive transport to get from Batumi to the village? Could we get there even in daylight? Oh, wow. It sounds like a larger version of the arrangements it took to get me and just one other person up to Gomarduli. Yeah, I'm sure listeners who've travelled in Georgia will relate. So Nino had been ringing a Terry every day in the month before the trip to be sure the family and Patty were confident to meet and host the group. Then, with a week to go, she heard that a neighbour in the village had tested positive for corona. Oh, no. I know. I was sure Nina was going to say the family didn't want to go ahead, but I was wrong. So we left Tbilisi in a minibus at 7am with six of EL only. Nino and Anna had gone ahead the day before so she could meet the family and give them time to get comfortable before we arrived. And the drive to Batumi was mercifully uneventful. After a brief stop to walk on the beach and stretch our legs, we set off up the valley into the mountains. The journey up to Shuakebi was fairly straightforward. But after that, our driver Levan, he had to stop so many times. Whenever he saw a group of boys, he would stop, wind the window down and call to them and ask for directions. There was a point on the journey when, when the road sort of went in a Y shape. And we could actually see a sign with the, with the words to the village we were going to. But it really, it, it looked like it was pointing uphill. But uphill, that was an unmade road. It was a muddy track. Whereas downhill, it was still the, the metalled road. 
Um, and Levan's phone was convinced we wanted to go downhill. He was following a sat-nav. Um, but he, he stopped and he'd rung up Nino and, and Nino asked around and she said, no, no, you take the upper road. So he, you could tell how concerned he was because he'd never driven in that high above Shuakebi before. Um, so we set off up this muddy track. And oh, the, the number of times we stopped after that increased. You know, there was a point when there was this small group of boys. They must have been only about six. Um, but they were certain that we were on the right road going the right way. So we carried on and we carried on. Um, and with, it was getting darker. Um, and we, we saw this row of flags in the distance. And I thought, oh, great, you know, we've, we've got to our destination. But no, we'd got to the Village Ethnographic Museum and another stop to speak to an old gentleman, a batonneau. And, and he sort of was much arm waving and it's like, oh, we've got to go all the way round the valley and along a bit. So we drove on, I don't know, it might have been another quarter of an hour after that. And then finally we stopped by this stream. Um, and that was it. We could go no further in the van. So we all got out. Um, and it turned out somebody had been sent to meet us, someone called Nodar. So we unloaded and we had then had to carry all our belongings along this track. Um, and for the Ioloni singers, this meant carrying all their costumes, carrying a chongari, some apples, a cross, suitcases. Um, not easy. And, uh, and we were sort of walking along this stony track and it was dusk. And then the track turned to snow, and then the track went under some trees, and then you could see just about see a house, because although we were in a village, it's not like an English village where you can sort of see house by house by house, all in a sort of cluster. They're all very spread out, so... You know, when we were walking along, we couldn't see any other houses. And I think Phil was sending messages to Nino every few minutes, you know, going, we, we, we're under trees now, or we're on snow, are we going the right way? Um... So when we saw this house, we were getting very excited and thought, oh, our destination. But no, as we got closer, it was unlit. There was a painting on the side of it, which was in the, in the dusk. I had no idea what it was. Um, and then it actually got dark and we had to turn the torches on. So with snow crunching underfoot, I was chatting with Lika from Ioloni and it turned out she was from Sonetti. So then I understood why she just seemed so comfortable walking in the dark in the high mountains. We got out of the trees and we could see these twinkling lights of a wooden house. Um, and that was our destination house, fortunately. Um, and another one of the Ioloni singers were saying oh she was so curious to know how patty and her family lived in this remote village um so it must have been about 12 hours after we'd left tbilisi when we arrived and we were tired but excited um and those twinkling lights of the duchidse family home ah the door opened and we walked straight into a room with a long laden supra table So any tiredness we had had to fall away rather quickly as we were introduced. There was, there was almost like a welcoming line, a greeting line of people with quizzical faces. You know, Nino was there to welcome us and, and Terry was there and um, her sister Vardo um, and her brother uh, Avdandil. At that point, I didn't know anybody's name. I was, it was just, oh, a sea of faces. Who are all these people? So... Oh, they did us proud. We had such a, a, 
extraordinary super. I mean, if you can imagine, the, they, this is a, a family that is used to entertaining and, and having visitors. And, and this was the first super they'd had in 12 months because of the pandemic. So there was singing, there was dancing and poetry and toasting and eating. Well, I should say feasting, really, because there were at least three regional delicacies on the table that I recognised. There was achma and sinori, and there was this cheese cooked in butter. And you might think that that was the sort of evening that would go on and on, but because we all knew we had to get up the next morning to start filming to, so that we could catch the dawn, because you know Ioloni means dawn, um, it was actually quite an early night, I think. And we were shown up to our room, um, and it, we passed through this hallway, and it was just filled with sacks. I think they were full of nuts, and there were pumpkins and jars and jars of brightly coloured preserves. So... Yeah, it gives an idea of, of how people in a remote village live. And at one point, Anna asked for some coffee with, some, with milk um, because she thought she'd seen some in the fridge. And then she said to me afterwards when she translated, she said, no, no, they said, no, we, can't, we don't have milk because we won't have milk for another 20 days. Which we, we were trying to work out, how would they know they'd have milk in 20 days? And I think it must be because they knew, would know when their cow was going to calve and have milk to share. Oh, I see. Yeah. So that next day, um, you know, it was it was a strange morning. You know, nobody really seemed to know what time the sun would get up or what time it would pop its head over the mountain. So there was various people sort of watching to see when that would be. Then we were waiting for the film crew to come from Merisi. Um, and Anna and I were just sort of chatting as all this happened, swirling around us um, about the podcast and, and, and about how you present um, the information to our listeners in a way that's meaningful. And she was so kind because she then volunteered to be my translator on that day. So while Ioloni were being filmed outside, we set up in the kitchen by the stove. And you've seen that Library of Congress concert, so you'd have been in that kitchen too and heard the pot bubbling on the stove. Um, the idea was to ask each family member to introduce themselves and say what voices of the ancestors meant to them. But as I've experienced so often in Georgia, I just don't know how to ask a question to get the answer. And Anna was great. She adapted the questions on the hoof so that Patty could understand. And the minute Anna mentioned voices of ancestors, Patty started to sing. I tried a different version of the question with a Terry, referring to the travellers and the old songs from Joan's episode. This approach was more fruitful, as a Terry told us about her work as a teacher. She showed us some videos where she was teaching 20 or more children, all sat in a semicircle and learning together to play the pandori or chonguri. And then she talked about how her students react when they perform. <laughs> Ramadani 
Սրեմլի մոստիտ պավուշեպ սիմղեր աշտ էր, ատոտ էրիս արիցիս թիտոնաց, անու, իմ դենատ գուլիդան մոլիս ես մոցի ուրատ մղերի անրո, գովատվիս ամոտենի մե բավուշում կալց ես հետիրո։ Did you get that part? No. <laughs> she often notices that her students have tears coming down their faces when they're, when they're performing, and they say they're happy and they don't know why they're crying, but she feels it's you know, part of the same thing of okay. feeling some deep connection, I guess. Yeah. Մեծ մարսխոտաշորի սեղլ գուշին ես վարիանտիրոյի խողարդները սիխարուլի սամակոտ չեպելից հարիս հաղացա էմոցի տատրիթուլի այի, մագալիթատ այի իսետի ռոցավում գերի վատ հաղացա ձան գուլիթատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատատ
that's a pleasure. But, you know, this isn't the end of the story. Remember, this trip had a multifaceted purpose. Well, we returned to Batumi, and then the very next day we went to Ozageti to meet with another elder of a singing family, Rebuli Mjavanadze, so Nana Mjavanadze's uncle. It was a total delight to hear him sing with such hmm, quiet freedom. We met him in a park beside a road. So good for the pandemic, but not the best conditions for recording. But here's a little snippet of him singing Batonebo with the Eloni to whet your appetite for our next episode, where we hear from Nana Mjavanadze, Rebuli and his daughter. Thank you for listening to Voices of the Ancestors with Holly Taylor Zuntz and Susan Thompson. Thank you to all the people who made this episode possible, especially our guests Patty and Ateri and Johnny Darifi for sound production, as well as Nino Nanayishvili and Ialoni, Anna Arjaparidze and Leo and Marina de Cristoforo. And thank you to our listeners and our supporters on Kofi. Our monthly Kofi subscribers will have access to behind-the-scenes photos and videos of the trip, so if you're intrigued and you want to support us, you could go to our website, voicesoftheancestors.co.uk, and click on the coffee cup. While you're there, you'll also find a transcript of this episode and all our episodes. Music was by Ialoni, Eteri Darchidze, Patti Tapladze, and Rebulim Javanadze. Bye for now. Thank you.